Hey, how's it going, everybody? Just a quick announcement. Um, today is not going to be a regular episode. Today is going to be the release of our interview with Alex, a lovely, lovely person who came by to talk to us a little bit about what's going on in her life, um, the music scene in San Diego, and uh, the situation that uh, that went on in Blonde Bar. Uh, it's a really great episode. Uh, unfortunately, some of the audio was uh, was tainted, if you will, and it doesn't sound as great as I would like. But it's it's nothing it's nothing too serious. Just not as as clear as what you might be used to. So, with that being said, I hope everybody out there really enjoys the episode because we had a lot of fun recording it. Let's get started. Hey, I'm Alex. They recruited me for some New England accent on that really funny trailer that you guys made. I was laughing out loud when I listened to it. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. It seemed very random, all of the <laughs> elements when I was doing it, but it, it makes sense now. And I listened to it a few times and was cracking up in public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard it a few times myself. It was uh, it was a lot of fun to make. It came out a, a lot. You got ahead. a great trailer voice for like movie trailers. Yeah, yeah. I might have to call somebody. There was one voice that I didn't know if it was you. I didn't know who it was on one of them. Which one was it? Nerd, um, nerd number one. Or... I think it might have been. I think it might have been one of the nerds. Yeah. Or um, I think or it was one of the nerd voices? Or was it um. Angry General number two or whatever. <laughs> nah, I think all the angry voices I knew it was you. Yeah, they all had a Nisqeda esque sound yeah, to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounded like you. It was just it was one of the nerd voices. I was isn't, like, in this, isn't this else? a little? Isn't this a little unethical? That guy. <laughs> Good thing ethics isn't your department. Oh, that was the one that just sold me. I loved that. I think it also like uh, grab your butts in your coal boxes too, or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we call cigarettes on the East Coast. We call them butts. And a lot of people don't <laughs> get that. And when I say, hey, like, can I have a butt? You know, they're like, what? See, I totally don't get that. Because I meant, like, actual, your fanny, your your behinds. Oh, okay. Grab so I inter- if, you to, if you go to London, a fanny is something else, too. You know, the other day I was at a, I was at a, a market. And I was sitting next to a British chick. And I was like, oh, I'm going to sit down. And I was like, oh, watch my fanny. Watch my fanny, <laughs> and then she laughed, and then and then I paused for a no. second, and I was like, "Oh wait, you know, fanny for me means butt." <laughs> what does fanny it. mean to them? Vagina. It, it means vagina. Oh. It's basically like the British version of pussy. They don't Alex. say pussy; they say fanny over there. Alex, it means vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not in the it know. Means, it means vagina. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you sat your fanny down all over that bench, huh? Yeah, I rubbed it up and down <laughs> on all around, Unt all okay. around. So when are we putting this movie into production? I don't know. We just gotta we gotta get Elon Musk to finance it. Yeah, he's got the money to, <laughs> after he's done after he's done fixing the water in Detroit mm-hmm. or in Michigan. Once he stops donating to all of his Republican uh, charities, he can oh. give us some money. What about those mini submarines though that he was sending to Thailand about uh, those boys in a cave? He was like, I built this child-sized submarine to get them out. I'm like, cool, man. It's not <laughs> what they... Bro. They didn't use them. 
but I appreciate the effort. Mm-hmm. The boars, the wild boar submarines. Did we tell you that we made the submarines? Did I tell you about that? No. Oh, yeah. See, she just knew about that. People just know about these submarines, man. So Elon Musk's boner is just all over the internet. <laughs> Alex, are you saying you haven't been listening to our illuminating podcast and you haven't heard our stories? Oh, my gosh. I guess I We're am, calling you, you out, Alex. What? This actually isn't about Blonde Bar. We're actually on here just to call you out on the fact that you haven't been listening to Hot Soup. Oh, man. Now I'm in the hot seat with Hot Soup. Exactly. But here's the, the deal. Guys, it's nothing personal. I'm I'm so new to the podcast world. I literally don't listen to any podcasts. So I have to get into that world. And, and now I'm you're starting, on one. I'm starting with your your story so you should actually be honored that you're breaking in my podcast yeah we got the scoop belt. we got the scoop on alex pratt okay cool i can deal with that i can handle that kind of pressure <laughs> <laughs> alex you were saying that you didn't know that's how exactly why you were recording this situation why you were recording this um the movie trailer movie trailer well i was given brief context i knew that you guys had a podcast and he said oh we came up with this funny idea but, you know, we, we need somebody with a New England accent, the movie trailer. And then he just started throwing out all these elements like face paint and robbing banks and scrambling cameras. There was no bank robbing. There was no bank robbing. There was no bank but robbing. It was, it was that element. Yeah, like a bank heist movie type element. Yeah. That's the vibe I went with. I thought I yeah, was yeah, no, it worked. painting my face as a juggalo to rob a bank so the cameras couldn't tell who it was. But what really sealed the deal for randomness was that I needed to work in a steampunk element, such as a <laughs> monocle, a top hat, a coal box. I just and thought it was a great mashup. You were just like, hey, hold my top hat and monocle. <laughs> to begin with, I had no idea where you were going with it but i i liked the idea and i was like i'm down let's see what these these crazy guys come up with and i trusted your your humor and man that trailer cracks me up yeah yeah no i was honestly uh i was very surprised with the quality that i came out with, with that trailer. Yeah, yeah yeah i was i was surprised too actually i didn't even know that it was going to be a movie trailer I, I thought we were just going to play like some of those clips without all the other stuff that you added to it i'm nah. actually i'm a little i'm low-key i'm low-key a little butthurt i didn't get to do a voice in it oh man. well <laughs> i feel like you're so strong at doing movie trailers that you could you could do more like come up with more no no wacky yeah, yeah. concepts a recurring theme Definitely, yeah, we'll, like, we'll come up with more movies and I'll just keep making more trailers. <laughs> we can crazy do more ass sound ideas. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of it anyway. I think we've yeah, just opened produced, yeah, we a can Pandora's some other box. Produced segments, you know? Yeah, totally. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun time all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You could do nerd voice number one. I'll do nerd voice number two. Yeah, see, I could have done nerd voice. <laughs> I could have been like, uh, I don't think this is ethical. Yeah. Alex yeah. isn't your department. <laughs> now get going. <laughs> if you need a Batman voice, let me know. Who would we get to play that general who said ethics isn't your department? Alex, can you do it in your Batman voice? Good thing ethics isn't your department. <laughs> <laughs> but who? But I, we need a real... Oh, well, I guess we got Scarlett Johansson playing the black lady, so I think it'll be fine. I think she's got yeah, enough yeah, star yeah. power to pull that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scarlett Johansson playing a, what, a black trans disabled Antifa protester in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> well that was the disabled part but yes she would crush that part was it lesbian no but i should have said lesbian also shit all right we'll redact that <laughs> <laughs> all right reducted <laughs> whatever that means obviously we're using that word incorrectly but who cares eh. reduct i, I mean, feel like that just, i feel I like it's halfway that. correct I'm, mm. I I feel the context of your sentence. All yeah, right, yeah. All right. as long as you're understood that's the whole point of the english language very good point so alex um 
I don't really know exactly anything about you. You want to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you represent? Oh my gosh. Let's just talk about band stuff. We can talk about whatever you like. Sal invited you on the show and I just I just want to learn more about you. Well, I'm, I'm honored. Thanks. I've got a little quick recap story. Um, born and raised in Portland, Maine. And when I was 18, I moved out to San Diego to pursue college and live out here permanently. Always wanted to be in a band, but no one would let me join their band when I was in Maine. I was a drummer and never really given the chance. As soon as I moved out here, I joined my first all-girl band as a drummer and have been playing music ever since, so about a decade. I love to make art and give myself alter ego names. So my visual art, photography, collage, and painting, and writing blogs is under this name I developed called Foxine J. Okay. I'm a feral fox as a spirit animal, so that's kind of where that came out of. And I give my names from something I'd name a pet. So I would name a cat Foxine, but I didn't really have a new cat to name, so I named myself. And then um, I recently... Well, you know, I was in a lot of bands playing underneath people. So they'd write songs or we'd co-write and, you know, I'd do some background vocals and riff underneath them. And I was kind of like, you know, I have this something inside of me that doesn't really fit into this box. So I started backing out of being in bands where I'm kind of just a contributor. And I started writing my own music on keyboards. And uh-huh. when I first met Sal, it was at a fashion show um, in 2017 by the Lafayette pool and we were walking around in funky cool clothing and I told him about my project and yeah (laughs) yeah I can't believe I signed up to model a swimsuit that's pretty funny but I did it and (laughs) (laughs) me and my pale skin you know I was like look at me glow hey man you don't need a tan to be beautiful um so I was like hey man I'm trying to start this band I've got these parts on keys and I really want a keyboardist to play them so I can just sing and, you know, have a full band. So Sal originally was learning all my key parts. And, you know, he really stuck by my side while we went through this whole journey of auditioning guitarists and bassists and drummers. And just nothing really stuck. How does that work, by the way? I've never auditioned guitarists oh or drummers. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've, only, I've always only just been dope at music and just been in the band. I've never auditioned anything. Yeah. Anyone. Let us tell you about the auditioning process. Please tell me. Do you want to start off, Sal, and I'll kind of add on? <laughs> where do we Where do we even start? Well, there was. We can start off with like we had a guy that was originally in the band, the original guitarist that I that I finally like convinced you to kick out. No, <laughs> I I was I was on the same page. He had yeah, a you were on the alcoholic problem, and it was just I was just really desperate because I found a lot of guitarist wanted to come in and tell me what to do and what to play when really or I just was just dudes in general really just guys in general yeah or they wanted to get in my pants and had no actual you know interest interest in actually yeah. working hard towards producing songs that I wrote yeah because we also had well a they sound like bassist. really great individuals yeah we also had a drummer bassist <laughs> brother duo that wanted to tell you what to do and we had a guy from the internet with a micro cork that wanted to tell you what to do and then another guitarist who was like super butthurt i didn't want his shit and he got really mean and demeaning and he yelled at me in front of everybody and you know once one domino topped over it all just went away and i got really like man you know am i not good enough is this not worth it what am i doing and i continue to try out other musicians and basically you just ask them to come i mean i let them know i said these are the songs i have here's my demo 
would you be interested in, in trying to jam over this? And a lot of people said, yeah. So, you know, we'd have them over to the studio and it's just like, you know, some of these people I knew, some of these people I didn't know. I got pretty creative and open with who I'd invite just to see like what's going to work because the group of people I knew wasn't working. And, you know, after a while, it became clear that this is probably not going to pan out in the way that I thought, where people are just going to show up and play. And so I was like, well, I guess I need to start writing bass and start writing drums because I don't want to just stop because other people aren't making this happen for me. So I had to make it happen myself. And we had a book, a show booked. And about two months out, from the show, we had a live drummer, and that was super cool, but it became clear that that was not really something I could rely on. And so about five yeah. weeks before the show, it was clear, okay, we don't have a live drummer. Um, so I went, so I went electronic. Um, I needed to have backing tracks. So I, I started to teach myself how to program drums electronically. Um, first on a free program and then through Ableton put together the bass, added some synth sounds, and also laid down my key parts because the whole dream was I want to just have a microphone and be able to perform and dance and engage with the audience and not have the instrument in front of me the whole time. Fuck yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah, I wanted to get my Bowie on. I really did. And so, yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, when I When I started podcasting like i i went through the same exact shit you went through with like trying to deal with other people and people are just terrible man oh yeah 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 it's hard to get it's hard to get like like and then with a band the good thing about a band is like once you find a group of people it's like at least you've got these regular people coming in with a podcast you got to find a new good person every someone who can actually like decide to take time off of their day i guess to respect uh respect our schedule Mm-hmm. But I guess also the thing with the band, so playing in bands, there's always like you can always get like a member that's gonna be good like the like one or two times, and then when it comes to like an actual commitment, you realize that they're not really there. That the commitment is not really there. You know, at least with a podcast, like if you find the type of person that's really good for one or two times, that's yeah, really all yeah. you need them for. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much, I, my original thought was to go into podcasting and just yelling into a microphone myself without Sal, but um, we figured everything out with a remote podcasting and whatnot and it sounds like you figured everything out yourself too huh i mean in the words of (laughs) in the words of cardi b you just got to make it happen because no one's going to make it happen for you and as disappointed as i was and as um rejected as i felt um there's just something inside of me that couldn't stop until i heard these songs loud and uh with all the instruments in them so i just kept pushing and i mean i can't i can't say enough uh about how awesome sal has been on this journey to stick with me and i still kind of can't believe that he didn't give up and uh we've we've been in the studio these last few weeks uh professionally recording what we've put together and it just i I was listening to the demo of it the rough tracks in my car last night and i literally started screaming because i was so i was so excited to hear it at this level and um just really rewarding to hear that so um can't stop won't stop can't stop won't stop man it's nuts yeah you know uh you you know what's a cool side note on that too i wanted to mention earlier but i didn't want to interrupt alex was uh 
the first girl band that she that she joined in San Diego. Like, what was it? Like ten years. It was ago? ten years. <laughs> it, it, so, it was but, ten. It was like like almost yeah almost ten years ago probably two thousand nine ish it should it would have been around two thousand nine because that band got to play with my first boy band when I first moved to San Diego so we'd actually are met you talking like about Volts ten years ago and played a couple of shows together yeah Volts played with her ago. first band Mermaid yeah dude two thousand nine yeah we yeah we played a slime. we played a house show and we remember, and we remember that specific party that we both played. We, Mm-hmm. I think it was like two shows, and then there was one time because there was one time where we showed up at another house show with Mermaid, and we asked about you. We were like, "Where's your drummer?" And they said, "Oh, she's not in the band anymore." And there was like I a got guy, kicked out, like a skinny <laughs> guy, right? Of the all-girl band, and what yeah, did she you got do, replaced Alex? by a dude. Um, I was just being myself, and sometimes that's that's enough yeah, that of a, a reason problem. for people to just—I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of polarizing in an unintentional <laughs> way. Either you're like you love me, or you. You don't like me. And I've never really been able to figure out why. But, um, you know, all girls get a little competitive. And I thought they were my best friends. And I loved it. It was my life. They started uh-huh. letting me sing some songs out from the drum set. And I think that's when kind of things changed. And they came over one day and just sat me down and said, look, you know, you don't have what it takes to be a musician. What? You're not going on the path that we're going on. And we're letting you go. And that was... That was my first real heartbreak. Um, That's harsh. And let's make it clear who is still playing. And who went to South by Southwest for free out of all those people? And who's been nominated for a San Diego Music Award out of all those people? And who's been on three level like labels? Whatever. But I think the fact that you get hated on is actually... (laughs) Yeah, right. Aw, thank you, Manny. Thank you. One I was hoping Sal would join in, but I guess not. The in that, <laughs> then I could add like a clap I, track sorry, to the back sorry. of that. Like, I feel like all I do, all, all I do is a oh, all day. I, I'm just so lucky. Fuck you, Sal. <laughs> but you know what? I think in general, when you when somebody is hating on you or people are not liking you or giving you a negative reaction when you're putting yourself out there, ironically, I think that's a sign that you're doing something right. Because if you weren't good, people wouldn't care and say anything. But when you do something kind of cool, people like to talk shit, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you asking about that. It's, it's definitely been a long time coming. Yeah, no, it's pretty much exactly what you said. Um, as soon as anybody's really starting to dislike what you're doing, that means you're doing something right. Yeah, that means that at least what you're doing is getting enough um, is getting enough exposure to where people can even like, you know, see it yeah. to dislike it. I mean, hopefully, right? <laughs> I mean, it's either going right or going wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, because if you're making music in your bedroom your whole life, like, guess what? No one's ever going to tell you you suck, but no one's ever going to tell you they like you either. So, Alex, I also wanted to take some time to talk about the Blonde Bar situation, if you think you could uh, give us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, definitely would like to share about that. Um, something I've known about for probably over a year And I sometimes put on shows that are supposed to celebrate female identifying artists and we call them femme form and we put them on a couple of times a year. And um, one of the collaborators that I was working with booked Blonde Bar for one of our shows. And I immediately said, you know, I, I don't think I think this is really ironic that we're having a femme form at this particular venue because it's not a safe place for women. And Um, you know, you can argue that 
just walking down the street at night anywhere in this country is not a safe space for women. But um, there's different bars that I've been playing throughout the decade that I've been in bands that have never made me feel as uncomfortable as some of the people that work and own that bar. And, um, you know, you kind of just get this, this idea that it's, it's too bad. Nothing's going to change. So you have to change yourself. So what I did to protect myself was just remove myself from the situation or anytime I knew that those guys would be DJing or playing a show, but it gets really tricky when those guys are the ones that run the scene. They're the ones booking the shows, owning the bars, DJing, playing in the band. It, it gets kind of tiresome to feel like you have to avoid all of that. And now... It feels like that's always the case, too. It does. And that's just what I've learned, to how to deal with it. Like, if I don't feel safe, um, none of these guys are going to be held accountable. No one's going to stand up to them. Everyone's going to still be friends and homies and validate their behavior. So I just have to remove myself. And that's kind of sad. And I don't go out a lot. I don't go to a lot of shows. And I've had specific um, incidents with certain people that work at that bar that I just am too uncomfortable to go back. Too uncomfortable. I just see them behind the bar and I just squirm in my skin and I just want to run and hide. And then it bums me out when I see my friends fraternize, like fraternizing with them and validating their behavior. Oh, no, they're a cool dude. Uh. I'm like, yeah, they're a cool dude, but you don't know what it feels like to be afraid. To be afraid of that guy. Yeah, yeah. Because he's yelling at you in your face. Because he's touching you. Yeah, to interact with them is not a dude. Yeah. And they're not going to respect you at the level of a, as another dude. Like, they look at me and they see an opportunity or a piece of meat or something that they can get something from. There's no mutual respect or um, safe zone just because of the way I am, you know? So uh, I've heard about stories about the owner and I knew immediately that I, I just have to stay far away because he's dangerous. He's a predator. He's uh, takes advantage of women when he can. And also some of the people that he employs, um, they're, they're, they intimidate women. They treat them badly. Everyone knows about it. Oh, yeah, he's a womanizer. Oh, yeah, he's a douchebag. But yet, they're still all in control. They're still super cool. They're still super validated. And so that, that kind of hurts because, you know, even if that guy hasn't personally hurt you, he's hurt other people. And, and that's not okay. Mean, pe exactly. mean people get away with shit too much. And people are like, oh, that's just the way they are. Well, that doesn't make it okay. Yeah. So, you know, I was really excited to see, I know that's kind of a weird word choice, but I was actually really excited to see somebody else speaking up and saying, hey, this is bullshit. These people don't treat women right, whether it's in the professional setting or in the casual setting. And um, we're tired of feeling like we have to hide. And I felt good because I thought maybe I was just isolated and alone in that. And I was just being oversensitive by avoiding situations and avoiding these people. But you know what? I'm not alone. And, and uh, we don't need to be pushed into the dark corners and, and hide while this kind of behavior is not only allowed, but validated. Exactly. And, and I, I feel like um, much, much of this isn't going to change too much, but it's good to see 
people being called out at the very least, you know? I think that's the start. Yeah. Because we've been silent and hiding for so long and pretending that this isn't happening. So to have someone come up and say, hey, this is the truth, this is what happened, and this is not okay, that's how it's going to start. Whether the change is immediate or not, at least we have the awareness and now we can make choices towards something different. Well, people are talking about it. We're talking about it right now, you know? They had to make a whole excuse about it on Facebook. And even after Girl Independent posted their reasoning for it, you still had these fucking chodes in the background talking about asking for proof and these people were always fine to me and all this other bullshit, you know? And that's what gets Um, me. But... All these other people were fine to me. That doesn't mean that they're still not a threat or a predator to somebody else. And if you're listening to the women's stories about what they've done, and I've got stories that I could share that I'd I'd rather not, but because it's humiliating and embarrassing of the way they've treated me, um, it's like, that doesn't make it okay. Okay, cool. He's a homie to you because you're a dude. Of course he's not going to grab your ass and and yell at you about how ugly you are without makeup. Of course he's not going to make you feel that way. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, this just happens everywhere, right? Because I've been playing in bars across San Diego, and I've never felt like this at the Casbah. And I've never felt like this at the soda bar. You know, the people there, um, the people that they employ, and the people that put the shows on there, it's, it's, it's an excuse to say, oh, this just happens everywhere. Because it doesn't. Um, yeah, it's not normal. Yeah, and not every guy in the industry is a creep, you know? It's, it's sad. But I'm really happy that people are at least talking about it. And now some of the women who maybe feel the same as me don't have to feel as ashamed. Like they have to hide and just avoid it because no one else is going to care. So, you know, I think just talking about it is the first step. And I'm, I'm happy that you wanted to talk about it and that you know, you guys aren't happy with it and that it means something to you just because you're not a woman and you're not directly affected. You still care and know that this is important. And, you know, hopefully that kind of attitude will just spread. The thing is, like, bullshit is bullshit no matter how you cut it. You know what I mean? Like, And it's 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 our jobs, like, as humans to just be like, that's fucking bullshit. And we're going to fucking talk about it. And if you don't like it too bad, you're going to hear me talk about it, you know? Yeah, and just watch out for each other, too, as people. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I, I posted on Facebook when it first went when, uh, after episode two, I think, talking about how we want to reach out to more people in these communities, people like you or anybody else in the scene that is experiencing these sort of things. It's it's just because people need to hear it more, you know? I agree. It, people need to hear that everyone's everyone is thinking this way. Yeah, and yeah, because it's because the there's not there's not a prevalence of people coming out and speaking out the way the way that you would, you know. And it's just uh, the more people come out and speak out on something, it's it encourages other people to do the same thing. So, Sal, I've been like really open with you, you know, as a friend about like my discomforts and the people that I'm, you know, low key afraid of. Like, I just it makes me uncomfortable, and I always feel like I'm holding a grudge or I'm being mean by not liking this person for that behavior but it's like you know what i have the right to feel like i want to protect myself and it's not a grudge when you're abusive um to somebody else i have the right to put up my walls and say look i don't want to be around you i don't have to forgive and forget i can forgive that's fine but i i don't need to continue to put myself around that and i feel like there's a lot of pressure or a lot of shame that i feel like i'm being a jerk from holding these people accountable for their shitty behavior. 
but I'm going to do it because I'm not going to just sit down and say, yeah, mean, mean, hurtful behavior is okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if people like, I guess it does like, it does, it does like feel kind of weird, but it's, I don't, I don't know if it's because mainly people want you to feel like a jerk. I think the pressure is more because people want you to be around and they just kind of, they kind of like want you they kind of resent that you don't want to be around you know because there's other people there when uh i guess they i guess just we feel that like if you were just to ignore them then we could just have you around as often as we'd like to have you around you know but at the same time like no one's no one's like mad at you about it if that's how if you don't feel comfortable being around certain people or going to certain places too you know yeah it's your choice and i think i think you just brought up a really good point um I guess I have the inability to ignore those people because of the fear that I have and the experiences that have made me feel so unsafe and bad. I'm not able to ignore that because I just, it's, it's this weird anxiety inside of me. It's like, I can't just ignore that. And, you know, and I think I'm not trying to be super sexist, but I think, you know, as a man, that perspective, you're not going to know that fear when some guy holds your arm or grips your wrist too hard or touches you or says something in a way. Yeah. Like, you can't. No, we're never going to know that. No, that's not being sexist at all. It's, yeah, it's true. It's totally true. Like, I can't, right. I can't just we, ignore we, we it. You can't see it from, from your perspective. So, I, I. I've never had to walk down the street worried about somebody, like, assaulting me for my body. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Like I've never had to like I I literally walk down the street in a a black street with my headphones on you know yeah it's and like, it's, yeah and it's not even like like you can like even if, even if like you could say like oh well I'm gonna be there so you don't have to worry about anything like it's like I don't wanna I don't wanna go places where like someone else has to tell me that they're that they're going to protect me too you know like I want to know that like because <laughs> you're I not gonna to be that, there like, I'm just safe by myself because it's just me you know yeah because you're not gonna be there in the corner of a crowded bar when this this predator takes his opportune moment to make the move or do something or put, you know, be aggressive. And they'll, they know how to catch you when you're alone and vulnerable. And, um, yeah. And at the same time, it's like the way that, like, like I was saying, like people sometimes like they're just, they're not mad at, at you for, for, for being mad at them. They're just kind of like upset that you don't want to be around. But at the same time, why, why aren't they upset at the other person for making you feel like you can't be around? You know, exactly. why, is the, Always. Why, is it, why is it targeted at you yes. for not being able to cope instead of, yes. If y'all haven't read Martin Luther King's, uh, letters, you know, go ahead and read the white moderate part and you can pretty much apply that to any situation for any moderate at this point. You know what I mean? Right. And we all have to act like moderate sometimes, too, just to, to get along in society at the in the, in the current state that it's in. And like, mm-hmm. I because I mean, I could go around calling everybody out the way I want to sometimes, but that's also just going to lead to me being as ostracized in the future, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel. And I'm not trying to call out people, but just by having to avoid certain things, I feel ostracized in that I'm the one with the problem because I feel hurt and scared that I'm the one who's got the problem. It's not this guy who's being abusive and a predator. He's the one who, who doesn't have a problem, but I'm the one who needs to learn to cope and ignore it. Nah. So that's why I just remove myself because I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't think I, I have to ignore, you know, I can ignore mean people, you know, people who talk shit, people who are annoying, whatever. I can ignore that. But I can't ignore when I feel threatened and physically scared, right? I can't do that. There's a fine line. And I don't think that's what, I think that's what some guys don't get. It's not just, oh, he was mean to me and he said something. No, like this is fear of a man dominating you in whatever way, mental, physical. It's, it's beyond being able to ignore it. 
And that's why women, you know, need this this chance to say, hey, I don't want to have to hide anymore. Can we start holding these assholes accountable? Don't tell me how I need to learn yeah, how to ignore exactly. and cope. Because I've been doing that my whole life with every guy in every situation. At work, at Taco Bell, mm-hmm. at school. You know, at the, at I've been sexually harassed by people, my professor, by a doctor, by everyone in power who you should trust. There's nobody that you can trust. And it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to protect yourself. I'm going to go back to talking about literally the point that you just said. Um, there's no one that you can trust. Um, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. As as a man, sometimes um, if you're not aware of the situation, you think it's not happening. And you're sitting here right here right now telling us and everyone out there, yeah, I've been sexually harassed by my doctor at Taco Bell, you know, etc. By your doctor at Taco and Bell. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. And there still be people out there saying, I've never, I, I, that's that doesn't exist. I've never seen that. Well, just because you haven't seen it. Or because you haven't been sexually harassed by your doctor at Taco Bell doesn't mean that people don't get harassed by them there or all the any time. Or like, American chain restaurant at a Boston market, too, is a place where a doctor... Mm-hmm. Or a professor. I bet there's a lot of sexual harassment at Cracker Barrel. Or a professor, yeah. A professor at a Boston market getting the chicken and rib special. A Boston market professor. A professor of Boston mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Many of these situations. Yeah. A Boston professor at so I, I think the, I think the problem is just the way that our society is built is that and and all over the world is that men are in, men are in control, right? And so when we say these things, oh, well, where's the proof? You know, and men will help get these other men off and be like, oh, Ugh. I'm his homie. You know, we're still friends. Like, I'm sorry he was abusive to you, but like, I'm still hanging out with him because he's never, you know. And so that kind of validates and perpetuates that it's okay for them to act like that. And again, we just need to learn to ignore and cope. And I am I, I, not going exactly. to. I can't. So I appreciate yeah. you guys yeah. letting me share. It's very nerve wracking. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, am I saying too much? You know, are people going to judge me or, pe- you know, and it's like, I hate having those fears of just being real, you know? Oh, well. yeah. I mean, if you think you're saying too much, you can listen to our other podcasts now that you're now that you're listening to podcasts because you're going to subscribe to ours. Um, and, yeah, like and share it as well in review. Uh-huh. You're going to see that this podcast is all about being brazy and sharing and just it's a therapeutic podcast is the way I like to say it because we're here to vent our issues to the world, you know, and as long as you're speaking your truth. I think you'll be fine. I appreciate that. It's just a little scary. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. To, it's a lot to speak the truth out there because you know, sometimes the soup gets hot and you don't want to. You don't want to spill it off right? the counter. Yeah, yeah. You gotta blow on it a little bit. So you gotta blow on it a little bit, and we're tired of blowing on this soup. No, nah. like we want to drink it straight mm-hmm. out of the pot. Is that kind of the point that we're trying to make? Uh, maybe we're trying to make some point. There's something in there. <laughs> There's some yeah. kind of philosophy in there, but um. Mm-hmm. Nah, everything you've said has not seemed like wild to me at all. Like, I think you're fine. <laughs> everything you've said has seemed totally logical to me. I've just... Least. You know, the only thing, that the, the most upsetting thing is like everything you've said is like a lot of stuff that like I just, I keep hearing over and over from a lot of different women that like apparently like a lot of other men don't really hear on a regular basis, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like these, this really needs to become as old news to everybody else as it is to me or Manny or you. Yeah, and I feel kind of... Yeah. Like, I know I'm not the only one, but because I I have kind of had to isolate and ostracize myself in a way from a lot of situations, I I feel 
kind of alone in it. So having these conversations and, and, and hearing about other people's experiences hopefully will unite us and knowing that we're not alone and that it's okay to speak up and we don't have to be ashamed. I feel like I'm just conditioned to feel like I did something wrong. Like when you're when you're abused, especially yeah. you know, sexually or sexually assaulted or harassed, the the initial feeling for most people is that I did something wrong. And why is that? You know? Cuz yeah. we go to the court and we say, "Hey, this guy we're- raped me." And they go, "Well, what were you wearing?" And so the blame is put back on us. And that's mm-hmm. something that needs to change. Yeah. Because it's not our fault. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it goes back. Yeah, exactly. It's not our fault at all. But it just goes back to, I mean, Sal and I are pretty open to other people, I guess. I don't know the word I'm trying to look for, but. Empathetic? I, no, no, no. It's um, because we're not women, right? But we are people of color. We're Mexican. So some similarity, minority similarities, I guess. And yeah, empathy, I suppose. I guess empathy is the word. Thank you, Sal. Empathy, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. This, this is what I'm here for. This is what I'm here for. I push the buttons. I, I feel like words. you guys are just really woke. You know, yeah. you're really woke. You're on it. You And I, I just... I got woke tattooed on my knuckles. I was going to tattoo stay woke on my knuckles. Wait, you, you did already? You got woke? <laughs> Oh my god! There's your answer, Sal. You saw me two days ago. Don't fucking do that. I didn't see the woke tattoo. (laughs) But that was a joke. What if I did? What if I did? What if I did get stay woke on my on my knuckles, and then I got two big ass just open bloodshot eyeballs on my hands, Mm -hmm. like the tops of my hands? You know, get it? Yeah, yeah. Stay woke. There's nothing I love more than uh, knuckle tattoos. Than hard hitting truth. Well, I just appreciate the dialogue and that you guys care enough. You know, because you're not maybe directly affected by it, that it might not seem important. So just the fact that you want to talk and expose and learn more, I think, is is the change in motion. You know, that's the change in motion right there. Well, we appreciate your appreciation. And uh, if you could tell anybody else in, in your scene or whatever, anybody else you think has a message that would like to talk to us about it, they're invited on the show okay, too. Okay, great. Know? Yeah, I'll definitely send them your way. Yeah. And like I said, they just need a half decent microphone and a skype connection okay very cool <laughs> and a recording software yeah yeah recording software would also be good i'm about to hit a hundred uh but audacity is free <laughs> y'all i'm about to hit 640 measures again on my track okay we can we can cut this now then um you guys uh alex you want to just tell the people where they can find you or what you're about you know instagrams twitters any plugs SoundCloud, well, whatever. This will be out uh, on Monday. You can find me on Instagram as FoxineJ, F-O-X-I-N-E-J-A-Y. And you can check out the band that Sal and I have. We're called Babette, B-A underscore B-E-T. And what about that Instagram with all the pictures of your feet? You don't want to plug that one? <laughs> See, Manny thought it was a joke. So, no, this is a real thing. Um Freshman year of college, I shattered some toe bones and I had to have surgery and it left me with this scar. And I was walking down the beach one day and I saw this black shell that was perfect on one side and then cracked on the other. And as I looked at it at my feet, I noticed it matched up with the the scar that I had, the broken side. So I took that photo and ever since it's been now over 10 years, I started taking photos of my feet in different places. And it's all about colors and textures and I have a whole Instagram called Foxine Gene, which is a sublet of Foxine J, but it's all just pictures of my feet and not in a weird sexual foot fetish way, just in an artistic, this is where I stand. And I look at those photos and I remember those moments, but I 
I like to find cool stuff on the ground and take pictures with my feet. I don't, I don't know, man. Alex, I hate to break it to you, but someone's masturbating to that. Oh God. <sighs> <laughs> well, I mean, it might not control. be. It might not you, be. <laughs> you can't control other it might people, not be right? Intended purpose, but someone is masturbating to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's nothing you can't. It can't be held. Someone is masturbating to my voice right now as we speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> Julian's back. Oh, Julian's back and creeping around behind me. What's good, Jules? Um, so I guess we're gonna end that there with you, Alex. Thanks for joining right. us. We really appreciate it. I hope you had a I hope you had a good time on the soup. Um, I'm sorry, I hope you had a good time on hot soup. Uh please it was, uh, it was like, awesome. share, and subscribe. Yeah. I I'm will, glad you enjoyed it. I will do all three. I think you guys have a stand up situation that you're doing and I look forward to hearing more of your stories. Thanks again for right listening. On. Cheers. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Mwah. Ciao. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this bonus content. Again, we're uh, really sorry that we had to skip a day so soon into our production. But, uh, you know, I had this vacation plan. So there was nothing we could really do about it. As always, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. At Manigrim. That's M-A-N-N-Y-D-R-N-G. And if you want to get a hold of Sal, he is at Sal on Instagram. If you want to reach the podcast directly, we are at Hot Soup Boys and at Get Soup Boys on Instagram and on Twitter. You can email us at gethotsoupboys at gmail.com or at hotsoupboys at gmail.com, depending on which podcast you're listening to. So with that said, hopefully we'll get back on track by next week. Take it easy, everyone.